I'm Amy Newmark, and I am the author, editor-in-chief, and publisher of the Chicken Soup for the Soul line of books. They've been around for a long time, Amy. You know, next year is going to be the 30th anniversary. So I stepped into some very big shoes when I became publisher and editor-in-chief 14 years ago. When the company started back in 1993, nobody had done anything like this before. But their first anthology, the original Chicken Soup for the Soul, vaulted to the top of the bestseller list within months. And I think we've sold more than 8 million copies of that book in the United States. Wow. Chicken Soup for the Soul it has now a 2022 version. I created this new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Your 10 Keys to Happiness, partly because it's something that we all need right now, and partly because I'm getting closer to retirement age. It will be coming in the next few years. And I wanted to synthesize everything that I've learned from the 14 years of reading tens of thousands of personal revealing stories. And what I've come up with from reading all of those stories is that the subtext for all of them is a quest for happiness. And when you read tens of thousands of stories written by regular people about their milestone moments, their epiphanies, the most important times in their lives, you come away with a deeper understanding for what makes people tick. And I sat down and said, you know what? There are 10 keys to happiness that have emerged from all of this reading that I've done, all of this exposure to people. And I thought, let me go and get Chicken Soup for the Soul stories that best illustrate these 10 keys to happiness and put them all together in one volume. And so that's what I did. They sort of hold true for so many people all around the globe, no matter what religion or race or anything else that you might be. And among them, I don't see anything referring to the latest shoe or the key to my happiness is uh, stainless steel appliances. Interesting you should say that because one of the keys to happiness, in my opinion, and this is borne out by the stories that we get, one of the keys is to have less stuff. There is such a psychological weight in having too much stuff in your home. And people report how they feel freer and lighter and more excited about the stuff that they keep once they get rid of 20% of their stuff or 50% of their stuff. And we have people who report in the pages of this book that they lost everything due to a wildfire or a flood. And with nothing, they were happier than when they had had all of their stuff prior to that. I can't say enough about the beneficial effects of seriously culling all of the things that surround you in your home environment. So we have a whole chapter about that, the benefits of having less stuff. Did you cull your stuff before moving? You said you just moved recently. Did you take all your stuff from the old house and bring it to the new house and you decide to do it there? Or did you do it before you moved? So I've been just culling constantly. In 2014, we did a book called The Joy of Left, and that really opened my eyes to this. And I seriously culled all of my stuff back in 2014. But then with our move six months ago, we got rid of so much stuff. And then we moved things here. And then we said, oh my gosh, why did we even bring these things here? And by the way, we moved to a larger house and we still felt we had way too much stuff. And I just picked out some more stuff this morning to put in my car and take to give away. I'm constantly culling now. It's so liberating to get rid of stuff. 
I had a few friends tell me, oh, but you're going to, if you give away that bunt cake pan, you're going to find you need it one day. Here's my theory. My theory is that I used to keep things just in case. But yeah. now I've realized if I throw a hundred things away or give a hundred things away, maybe I'll end up regretting one of them. There's always Amazon. I can just get another one. Now you can find anything you need. Right. Because of the internet, you can find whatever you gave away by accident. And it's highly unlikely you're going to regret more than one out of a hundred things. Well, I couldn't agree more. Let's go to another key. I like uh, count your blessings. That's the first one. And I think this sounds pretty corny, but that's us, right? (laughs) It does sound corny, but it actually works. That's the thing about self-help. Often it seems kind of corny or you're like, well, that's obvious. But it's not really obvious until it's put right in your face and you actually try it. So I would say half of us are born already with that gratitude gene in us. And we are always feeling lucky. We're always grateful for, oh, it's a beautiful day, or I am so lucky that I have a job or that I found a parking space. And then half of us aren't naturally that way. The wonderful thing about gratitude is it's a habit you can actually add on to your personality because it takes a very simple practice to do it. So I started the book with a story by Jennifer Klasha, and she said she had always been one of those negative people came from a long line of negative people. (laughs) And then when she had children, she said, this is ridiculous. I have to change. So she had one of those tiny little date books with a tiny square for each day. And there was just enough room to write one sentence. Each night before she went to bed, she wrote one sentence about one thing that had made her happy that day. And it could have been something like, I picked the right line at the bank, or my husband came home from work early. Mm -hmm. But it was just one thing. It completely changed her outlook because she approached each new day now with her eyes open, looking for things that would make her happy during that day. And she turned into an optimist from being a pessimist. And we have so many people who reported to us that if they wrote down three things a day that they were grateful for, or three things that somebody did for them that day, whatever it was, that practice of gratitude within two weeks became a part of their personality. It became a regular habit instead of something they really had to work at. And it completely changed their outlook. And I don't think you can truly be happy if you're not actively aware of what you have in your life instead of focusing on what you lack. And also the act of writing it down, thinking it is one thing, but actually writing it down, it's there tangibly in front of you. And then you can review it later also. And another key to happiness is the second one I identify in the book, and that is how liberating it is to use the power of forgiveness to free yourself from resentments and disappointments and hurts that happened in the past. And we are so guilty of taking things that happened in the past and carrying them with us into our present and then into our futures. And we had a great story from Lynn Sunday, who was so obsessed with the wrongs of her ex-husband that she talked about him all the time, even to strangers. And she had been divorced for years. And her best friend finally said to her, you might as well still be married to the man you take him with you wherever you go. (laughs) And Lynn had an epiphany and realized, oh my gosh, why am I doing that? I used to think that the word forgiveness meant that you were saying that whatever that person did was okay, don't worry about it. But that's not what it means. Forgiveness just means that you have elected not to relive the negative emotion associated with that past incident. 
you have decided to intellectually know that it happened, but you're not going to keep reliving the emotion and letting that person occupy space in your mind. You talked about with stuff lifting a weight off of you and forgiveness, my goodness, that's uh, 10 times more important to lift a weight off of you. And you know, once you free yourself, you liberate yourself from stuff and from lack of forgiveness and all of this, then you can actually move forward and try some new things for the new you. And that's why another one of my keys to happiness is that you should regularly step outside your comfort zone. That can be scary, right? Yes. And that's good if it is scary. Because when you do something new to you that you're a little afraid of, and then you do it, and you don't have to be good at it. You could try a new sport and you could be awful at it, but it doesn't matter because you'll be proud of yourself. You'll feel more empowered, energized, invigorated because you tried something new. So I know when I turned 50, I decided to make a conscious effort to step outside my comfort zone as much as possible and not to turn down scary things. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go skydiving. That's my, I won't go that far, but I did paraglide off a cliff at Oman. And I have a story about that in our Your 10 Keys to Happiness book. I ran off a cliff in Oman. And here's the scariest part. I got up to the top of the cliff and the guy said to me, the parachute won't fill with air unless you run off the cliff. (laughs) But you have to run off the cliff before the parachute has filled with air. So that was terrifying. But I did it. And of course, the parachute filled with air. And then the guy said, well, the air currents are so good, we can stay up longer. And I said, oh, that's great. (laughs) Got double the ride. But anyway, ever since doing that, I have felt like I can do anything that I want. I mean, it, it really does cause a dramatic change when you step outside your comfort zone. I have a question about one of your, the next one, actually, in your 10 keys, be yourself. Well, people are so often trying to be somebody different. And if they would just be more of themselves and not always be so hard on themselves, they would actually have a much better life. For example, there's a woman named Maxine Young, and she was always a larger woman. And so she grew up being told that she should wear large, dark clothing to cover up her body. But that wasn't her personality. Her personality was happy and sunny and colorful. And she finally switched to big flowery prints and lots of colors and changed the way that she dressed. And it completely changed her life. She finally came out of her shell and celebrated herself instead of trying to hide herself. And there was another story by a young woman whose boyfriend broke up with her. She couldn't understand it, but he kept saying to her, you have to figure out who you are. And then she realized how right he had been because she was always just going with his opinions. Oh, we'll go to the movie you want. We'll eat the dinner that you want. And she never expressed her own opinions. When she finally learned to speak up for herself and express her own opinions and desires, that's when she became ready to go out and look for another boyfriend, when she learned how to be herself. How about pursue your passion? So that's another thing that's really important to happiness. You know, you could have a job that you really don't love. It's just a job to pay the bills. And that's fine. You can do that from nine to five every day. But then you need to have some time in the day or in each week where you pursue something that you're really passionate about, whether it's competitive biking or going to Pilates class or taking an art class once a week or 
chopping wood outside, whatever it is that you're passionate about, you've got to build time for that into your days or into your weeks. And that kind of ties in also to tip number six or key number six, which Mm -hmm. is be sure that you make me time. You've got to give yourself time each day or each week when you are the priority. It's not selfish. You'll be a much better mother or husband if you have that me time carved out for yourself. So that might mean you carve out 30 minutes at the end of every day where you get to read and nobody can bother you. Or it might be that every Saturday morning you go horseback riding. But whatever it is, you need to have that time when you're doing what you want to do and you're making yourself a priority. So that's another one of the keys to happiness that I've become very aware of from reading all of the stories that we get. Get out in nature, which is also one of your keys to happiness. Yes, getting outside in nature, I think that became really obvious to all of us because of the pandemic, because back in 2020, when we weren't seeing anybody and we were all locked up in our houses, everybody I know was talking about, wow, did you see all the flowers on the trees this year? We all decided that the flowering trees were the best they ever were in 2020. (laughs) And the birds were singing the most beautiful songs in the spring of 2020, because we actually started to focus on nature and getting outside in nature reduced our stress levels. And I think that getting outside in nature is so important just for giving us perspective, because when you go outside and you see the squirrels and the chipmunks running around and the birds and everybody's doing their thing, and they're all out there leading their lives, reproducing and finding shelter and everything else, you realize how unimportant we humans are in the grand scheme of things. And it helps you put your own problems, your own challenges, your own dreams in perspective. We're just a tiny part of this huge community of living things. So I think that getting outside in nature is extremely important to becoming a happy person. Another one is to think positive, and I can't think of anything more important than getting outside and just breathing in the first breath of fresh air. You're going to be, I don't know how you can be gloomy when you're doing that. Yeah, and a lot of the think positive stuff really has to do with how you approach the world. For example, we have a story from a woman who was in a terrible mood one day. She was in a long line at the post office. And then when she finished there, she was stomping her way through the parking lot back to her car. And then she saw this woman coming at her who was stomping along and looking very sour. And then this woman, Farida Wolf, realized, oh, my gosh, that must be how I look. And she just (laughs) plastered a smile on her face, smiled at that other grumpy woman. And that woman kind of startled and then smiled back at her. And I've had so many stories come into Chicken Soup for the Soul about the power of smiling. Basically, a smile is like a boomerang. You know, you throw a smile out there, it's going to come right back at you. And it changes how people interact with you. So no matter how bad a day you're having, if you smile at people, you're going to end up having a better day because it will change your interactions with everybody else. And so we talk about simple things like that. There's another great story in our Think Positive chapter It's by Lori Davies. And when she was a little girl and she didn't want to go out to recess one day, a teacher said to her, you walk out onto that playground like you own it. Well, that was a sentence that Lori now lives her life by. No matter where she goes, any room she enters, she walks in like she owns it. And it completely (laughs) changes her interactions with other people. Oh, sure. And I thought... I thought it was a great piece of advice. We're almost out, but a 10th one to mention is help someone. A lot of therapists actually use volunteer work as therapy for their clients because 
if you go and you help someone else, whether it's by actually volunteering or whether it's by making a nice donation, you elevate yourself and you feel like your life is richer when you realize that you have something to give. So it's a very effective way of improving your mood. And again, gives you perspective, helps you be more grounded, less judgmental, more grateful for what you have. The nice thing about these 10 keys to happiness is that they all do interact with each other. But one really wonderful thing, Pat, is that you don't have to do all 10 of these keys to happiness. If you even do one of them, and even follow the advice from one story of the 101 stories, it will significantly improve your life. As a matter of fact, after I get off the phone with you, I'm going to start uh, decluttering <laughs> my basement. Yeah, I keep doing it. I, I mean, I, every single day I find stuff to give away. I just keep putting stuff in my car and driving it places. You put it in your car, you've made the commitment to get it out. When does this new Chicken Soup for the Soul come out? This book goes on sale on June 7th. Well, congratulations and any parting words. Yes. I think what's important to understand is that you already have inside you the necessary tools to find your happiness. You just have to learn how to use them. And a lot of these tips, for example, freeing yourself with forgiveness, counting your blessings, these are things that you can implement in one second right now. Forgiveness can be accomplished in one second and now you're free and buoyant and you can walk forward in your life. So I think it's important for people to realize that these are not things that are going to take a lot of time. You're not going to have to write letters to yourself, fill out a journal for a month, (laughs) something like that. They're much simpler than that. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and you did a great job. So thank you. Perfect.